Welcome to the City Beautiful Church podcast. Thank you for taking the time to join our family as we strive to live together in heavenly reality. For more great content, visit us online at citybeautiful.ch. Welcome, everyone. It's good to see you. I'm glad that we made it through the week. I hope you've been uh, attentive and caring to your neighbors, your friends, and your family. Um, Today's very exciting um, because we have a special guest speaker, but she's not a guest. She's one of our own. Uh, I'm going to call her up in a moment. Bree Fashini is going to be preaching. Um, So many of you know Bree is, uh, she leads our Greenhouse Kids Ministry, and she's also in seminary at Fuller. And um, you know, one of the huge shifts that we've seen kind of through the pandemic and post-pandemic is a lot of people are dropping out of the ministry because it's a very hard job. Surprise, surprise. Um, so I think anybody who actually, like, not only wants to do it, which is one thing, but actually feels called by God to do it is probably certifiably insane. Um, you better know that you're called to it by Jesus because uh, the road ahead for the American church is going to be a very bumpy and interesting one. But... Uh, Woo, yeah. <laughs> but um, Brie feels called by the Lord to become a pastor. And I remember kind of when we started uh, gathering together again, kind of when we kind of got through the thick of the, the pandemic and quarantine, there was a lot of new people that found our church. And oddly enough, I feel like in like this two-week span, there's like six different people that came up to me and they're like, hey, so um, how, do you, how do you guys feel about women in ministry? I was like, Fine. I hadn't been asked that question in like eight years uh, because it hasn't been an issue for us. But I realized like, oh, yeah, a lot of people come from church communities where that's not necessarily a thing. And and Brie was one of those people. And and I think she's uh, she is really stepping into that call and embracing that speaking on behalf of the Lord of leading communities is not a gendered thing. Um, And and I think that a huge part of the future for the church is going to be women continually finding their places in leadership as we you know as we talked about a couple weeks ago about marriage and singleness like that we raise one another up together into the proper position that God has called us to as men and women and we find that true egalitarian vision of what it looks like for Christ in his church so uh, I'm going to invite Brie up and I want you guys to be raucous I want you to be Pentecostal today I want you to encourage her if you need to if you need to run laps you could just run laps back and forth here, but like, this is what she wants to do with her life. So let's cheer her on. Well, thank you guys. <laughs> I really appreciate it. And thanks, Ryan. Uh, I'm so excited to be here this morning. Um, and thanks, Ryan, for the introduction. This morning, we will be in Galatians chapter 6, verses 1 through 10. We've sat here for a while, for the last couple months, and we are currently in a series called A Generous Common Life. Um, we are going through uh, kind, basically learning how to live a common generous life, and so Paul walks us through uh, his letter. Um, specifically, we'll be unpacking verse 6 today. Um, And I just want to recap and remind you of our yearly vision, which is from the throne flows a river of renewal. And so that's what we've been working on this year. And I think it's been super transforming for me. And I hope it has been for you. So I'm going to pray for us and, and then we'll get started. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for 
this community called City Beautiful Church. Thank you for the people here, God. Thank you for your leadership. I pray that as we study Galatians this morning, that you reveal something new to us or reveal something that we have forgotten. Please bring that back to our our memory. And may the words from my lips and the meditation in all of our hearts be ever pleasing to you, our Lord, our rock, and our redeemer. Amen. All right, here we go. Galatians 6, 1 through 10, and we'll be in the uh, message translation today. It says, live creatively, friends. If someone falls into sin, forgiving, forgivingly restore him, saving your critical comments to yourself. You might be needing forgiveness before the day's out. Stoop down and reach out to those who are oppressed. Share their burdens. And so complete Christ's law. If you think you're too good for that, you are badly deceived. Make a careful exploration of who you are and the work you have been given, and then sink yourself into that. Do not be impressed with yourself. Do not compare yourself with others. Each of you must take responsibility for doing the creative best you can with your own life. Be very sure now, you who have been trained to a self-sufficient maturity, that you enter into a common generous life with those who have trained you, sharing all good things that you have and experience. Don't be misled. No one makes a fool of God. What a person plants, he will harvest. The person who plants selfishness, ignoring the needs of others, ignoring God, harvest a crop of weeds. All he'll have to show for his life is weeds. But the one who plants in response to God, letting God's spirit do the growth work in him, harvests a crop of real life, eternal life. So let's not allow ourselves to get fatigued doing good. At the right time, we will harvest a good crop if we don't give up or quit. Right now, therefore, every time we get the chance, let us work for the benefit of all, starting with the people closest to us in the community of faith. The word of the Lord. Okay, I want to pose a question. (laughs) How many of you have moved in your life? Like moved houses, moved locations, uh, moved anything, moved jobs? Yeah, most of us, right? (laughs) Oh, man. I once heard that moving brings the worst out in people. Have you ever heard that? (laughs) I am just coming out on the tail end of a move, we are so close to being finished. And, oh man, embarrassingly, that statement, moving brings out the worst enough, has been nothing but true. But let me replace the the worst with the word immaturities. So I've seen what I've done with pent-up anger, pent-up stress, who I direct those things at, Uh, I direct them to God a lot. I direct them to other people. Um, And I've said the phrase, you are making me feel dot, 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 more times than I'd like to admit. We we all hold on to this this immaturity, this this almost like a sense of entitlement, this this idea of self-importance when we hold on to this 
immaturity. And we only learn to grow in maturity out of our immaturities when we're taught by someone else how to do it. Maturity does not come naturally to us, nor do we stumble into maturity on accident. Someone has taught us and showed us the way. And as Paul writes to the people of Galatians, right, he tells them everything that he has written before verse 6 is how to grow into this maturity individually with ourselves, inside ourselves, but he also teaches us how to do it corporately in a community with other people. And so we've, we've been taught over the, the last few weeks, right, about feelings, about emotions, about friendships, um, how to communicate in these different uh, concepts and ideas. That way, in real time, when these ideas and these feelings and emotions and the forgiveness and the friendship rise up to the top, that we see it and we can counterbalance those immaturities. We build this self-sufficient maturity as, call, as Paul, excuse me, Paul calls it, and that can only be taught by somebody else, right? You learn to see your immaturities. Uh, you learn to mature through them. And this process is not a quick one. <laughs> it's a long one, uh, but it's a beautiful growth at the end amid all of this suffering and this pain. And there's an important hierarchy of authority in this learning process that we go through um, between good teaching authorities and, and us students. And it's one of great benefit. You can think of your own parents, or if you're parents, you can think of raising your children. Right? You want to raise your children well. You, you spend every single day with them or your parents have spent every single day with you raising you day in and day out, um, developing who you are at this early childhood stage. So at the age of 18 or where, whenever you left home, that you can go out into the world with this self-sufficient maturity, right? Your parents gave you everything they had. They taught you everything they knew and they passed down their knowledge to you so that you could grow uh, in this maturity. And because of this formation of self-sufficient maturity, Paul says that students, which is all of us, we enter in this generous common life with those who have trained us. The generous common life is blessing those who have taught us and basically sharing all good things is a byproduct of that self-sufficient maturity. So if we remember that verse, be very sure now you have who have been trained in a self-sufficient maturity that you enter into a generous com or yeah, a generous common life with those who have trained you sharing all good things that you have and that you experience. The generous common life is blessing those who have taught us. And we grow in maturity to recognize these good authorities. Some of us have had bad authorities. Some of us had good authorities. Some of us had authorities that they did everything that they possibly could with exactly what they had. And they tried their best. But our goal 
um, is to see these immaturities that we have festered uh, inside of ourselves and to mature them. And becoming mature enables us to become more generous in how we bless others in our community. Scho uh, scholars believe when Paul speaks of these uh, all good things, he's um, implying material and spiritual things when he says this. So we can think of, uh, excuse me, um, we can think of material things as money, as food, as your time, as your talents, giving back to those who have taught you in those different ways. And we can also think of these all good things as spiritual things. We can think of them as prayers. We can pray for the people who have taught us. We can bless those who have taught us in love uh, by the fruits of the spirit that we produce. Uh, we can also bless these people with grace and mercy. Some examples that I could think of are um, tithing. You can tithe, and that supports the work of the staff who give life to the church. That's a blessing. That is something that you can bless uh, the church with and by. Um, I don't know, I guess I could ask this, we're all family here. How many people go to, to therapy? Amen for that. I go, <laughs> you could pay your therapist, right? Paying your therapist is a blessing. Um, they have taught you into things. They have taught you, they have guided you. Um, you do a lot of talking and a lot of crying and a lot of laughing and they have guided you um, and they have taught you these, these good things that you can share with them. Uh, you can give words of affirmation and be truly authentic within one another, within our community, within our group, a city beautiful. I know Ryan talks a lot about being authentic. We can always uh, see through false authenticity and being authentic is a way that we can bless others. Leading a community group here at City Beautiful Church is another way that you can bless those who have taught you. Maybe you have a community group leader that you, you love, um, and, and you can stay in that group and, and go out and bless others and open your home or wherever you can to more people. You can also serve in the greenhouse. <laughs> we need people. Come on and serve those kids. They're our next generation, and we can bless others. With, those, uh, with blessing those kids and raising them up. But the ultimate blessing to those who have taught us is for us to become good, authoritative teachers to other people. That's the ultimate blessing. So we could talk about all these other blessings, all these other great things, this serving, uh, this tithing, um, words of affirmation. But the ultimate blessing is this. To, serve, to bless those people who have taught us. And at some point, we all become mature enough to take up the challenge of helping others grow. We students are encountered by our teachers when needy and immature, right? Those people walk alongside us when we're at our lowest places, even sometimes when we're at our highest places. And we're brought up by good authority 
that we get to stand on their shoulders as we learn to grow in this self-sufficient maturity. And because of this, we enter in the, into this generous common life. And so there's a, a slide that's going to come up that is our cycle of a generous common life. So this is what Paul's talking about. A common generous life is blessing those who have taught us. But the way to do that is to grow in self-sufficient maturity. And you're taught that by somebody. You enter this common generous life, which is giving back to those who have taught you. And you share all good things with those people. And then we just repeat steps one and steps two and steps three constantly as we grow others into this self-sufficient maturity so they can enter into this common generous life and share all good things. We take everything as teachers that was passed down to us into aside our toolkit and we teach those how to see their immaturities and how to mature and then we encourage our students to go out into the world and go lead someone else into maturity. We can think of a school teacher. The only school teacher I know here is Katie. <laughs> um, but yeah, think of a school teacher uh, who day in and day out gives their attention and energy um, to their students, to growing their students into this maturity. So with the excitement at the end of the year that they go into the next grade, you don't want to see them go backwards. And it's a lot of pressure, but it's, excitement to, it's exciting to pass that baton off to somebody else, to the next teacher, to watch those students grow into the next grade. Dan Allender is one of the founders of the Seattle School of Theology and Psychology. And he says this, he said, it is the hope of every good teacher to have students who take their work further than the teacher was able to. Ryan talked a little bit about, about uh, this at the intro, um, but I do really feel called to be a pastor, and I'm learning and growing every single day, and I'm failing every single day, and I'm succeeding every single day, and it's exciting. Um, <laughs> but I asked Ryan, um, I think probably about a year ago, um, after I kind of joined the church and, and thought, hey, I want to find home here, I asked him if I could apprentice under him. And so basically an apprenticeship, um, and we can go back to when um, students would sit at the rabbi's feet and just learn constantly everything they knew, everything that they were taught. They would spend years with this teacher. Think of Jesus and the apostles and how long that they sat with Jesus and learned at his feet. And how many times they failed, and how many times that they succeeded. And I spend a lot of times, a lot of time with Ryan. We do spiritual direction. We go out for breakfast. We talk about being a pastor, what it's like, the hard parts, the fun parts, the good parts. We talk about City Beautiful Church. We talk about everything, every single thing, and um, and. In this time, I really have seen a lot of my immaturities. Um, for instance, I pent up anger a lot 
So think of like a big giant bottle of Coca-Cola. And I just sweep anger under the rug. I sweep feelings under the rug. Um, you name it, I'll sweep it. And I put it in this Coke bottle, and then someone says one thing as like if they dropped a Mento in this already shaken up Coke bottle, and then I implode, and I just take everyone down with me. If I'm going down, everyone else is going down. And I learned, uh, that's part of my immaturity. Um, I learned that with that anger, with that just sweeping it under the rug, that I don't know how to feel feelings. So instead of working through those feelings, I just sweep them. But we've been working a lot, Ryan and I, about feelings, about emotions, about thoughts, about putting words that connect to your feelings and being able to, to name a feeling. So as silly as it sounds, I've got a printed color feeling wheel Thanks. Thank you. <laughs> if you need one, don't worry, I have a few, not with me today. And we'll, we'll look at the feeling wheel and we'll say, hey, how are you feeling? And at first I could only tell Ryan that, hey, I feel mad or I feel sad or I feel angry or I feel joyful. But now we've started expanding out of that feeling wheel. So they've got the basic feelings in the center and then more on the outside and the third layer is more feeling. So I could go, wow, I'm actually feeling fantastic, which is communicated or which is linked to feeling joyful or I'm feeling really sad, but I think what I'm feeling is undervalued. And so I can go to these different feelings and try and connect these feelings and let these feelings happen inside of me that I don't want to happen, <laughs> but it's so good, it's so mature, and it's such a good feeling when you can feel all of that. And the goal of why I'm studying that, why I'm trying to grow into the self-sufficient maturity is so that I could lead others in the same way that Ryan and this community has taught me how to do that. Specifically with Greenhouse. I study at school, I study at Ryan's feet, I study at my professor's feet um, to raise children into a living relationship with Jesus and to help cultivate ha healthy families. That's what I do here at City Beautiful Church. And then as Paul talks about, I take this, this self-sufficient maturity, these concepts, this living in this generous life, sharing all good things, and the way that I bless Ryan as he blesses me, is that I take these things and I run as far as I can with them and then give them to somebody else so that one day those kids can run farther than I ever could, growing people into maturity. We can look again at Jesus' uh, three-year ministry. Right, right before he ascends into heaven, Jesus commands his disciples with what scholars call the Great Commission, and he tells his disciples, there, go, there, uh, excuse me, therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you, and surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. He says, take everything that I have taught you 
and teach others. In Acts 1.8, Jesus says, go and be my witnesses to Jerusalem. So our Jerusalem could be here at City Beautiful Church in all of Judea, which could be all of Orlando or wherever we all live. And he says, and go to Samaria, which was, hey, us Jews are not going there. But he calls us to go to the darkness. He tells us, and go to the ends of the earth, that the whole nation will grow in this self-sufficient maturity, this love for God. So I want to pose a couple questions to you. Do you have enough self-sufficient maturity to take the call of leading someone else? And remember, you're not going to be perfect. And it's okay to lead through your faults. But do you have that self-sufficient maturity, at least a tiny bit of it? Who are you already sewing up? Are there people that you're leading in your community groups? Are there people that you're leading at work? How are you leading them into this generous common life? We're all called in different forms to raise each other up. I feel like I'm called to be a pastor. And not everybody is going to do that, but they're all, there is so many different ways that you can do that in the context of where you're at now. How many people are Fred Rogers fans? Yeah. <laughs> so at the 1990, or excuse me, 1977 Emmy Awards, uh, during his acceptance speech, he poses this question to the audience. He says, who are the people that have loved you into being? And who can you in return love into being? So we're going to watch this video, and I think it's a great intro into our practice that we have here this morning. Alrighty, so for our practice, you received a clipboard. Um, if you haven't gotten one, they're down here to your left. And we're gonna just take about four minutes to reflect on these three questions, which will be up on our screen. So the first one is, who are the people that have invested in me, in you? Who are the people that invested in you? And how can you bless them? Who are the people that you can help grow into maturity? And we'll take four minutes. I'll watch the time. And as you're thinking of your last thoughts, just want to remind you that we are blessed in this self-sufficient maturity. And we then turn around and bless others the same way that we have been blessed. I love this quote by Henry Nouwen, and I think it sums up today perfectly. Um, he is talking about the parable of the prodigal son. Uh, if you don't know that parable, um, it's when the uh, youngest son uh, says, hey, dad, I want all of my inheritance. and I'm going to go out and do whatever I want with it. And the dad says, okay. And he gives him everything. And then he learns the hard way that he's blown all of the money 
and he wants to come back to his dad, but he's, he's scared and he's repentful and he's nervous about what he's going to say. And his dad sees him out in the distance walking into the fields, probably near their house. And he says, my son has come home. And he just starts running after him. And he gives him a big hug and he throws a giant feast. And the elder son isn't too happy about it. But God is a depiction of the father as he runs to get us when we <laughs> immaturely venture off um, our path and our road. And this is Henry Nouwen's quote. He says, what are we going to do when we get home? When the two sons of the parable of the prodigal son both have returned to their father, then what? The answer is simple. They have become fathers themselves. Sons have to become fathers. Daughters have to become mothers. Being children of God involves growing up and becoming like God. Jesus doesn't hesitate to say this. Be perfect as your heavenly father is perfect. Be compassionate as your heavenly father is compassionate. How? By welcoming home our lost brothers and sisters in the way our father welcomed us home. Let me pray for us, and then we'll go into a time of worship. Heavenly Father, thank you for the blessings that you have given our community, City Beautiful Church. And as I look around and see your children, I see how blessed they are. I've seen what good, wonderful authority has grown them into this self-sufficient maturity. And I've been so thankful that I get to be a recipient of their blessings. I'm so thankful for those who have taught me Thank you, God, for this time. And may we have the strength and the courage to go out and bless other people, knowing that you will be with us always. This has been the City Beautiful Church podcast. To stay connected, follow us on social everywhere at City Beautiful CH. We hope you join us again soon. 